so what we can do for them is you know we could be supplying water on a service basis we could be producing water at our end and you know transporting that water uh, in an in an efficient way to these breweries so this could be you know like water as a service model but we also see that you know big breweries like apn club or big beverage customers uh, coca colas or the pepsis of the world they they have the you know deep pockets and they have all uh, you know financial tools with them to purchase these machines they will be packaging this renewable water and then launching this water in the market using the logo that it is 100% renewable water hi welcome to forbes india's the daily tech conversation where we bring you insights from tech entrepreneurs cxos and investors from around the world whose work has a bearing on india i'm hariyarakli and my guest today is pardeep garg founder of uravu labs a bangalore startup that has been developing a device to produce water from air in a renewable manner in this conversation pardeep talks about the opportunity to bring renewable water to the trillion dollar beverages industry Pardeep, uh, welcome to this podcast. Thank you for making time for this. To get us started, maybe you could give us a brief background about yourself. Tell us about the path that brought you to the beginnings of uh, Uravu Labs. Sure, sure, Harry. Firstly, let me thank you for you know having me on your podcast today. Uravu was actually you know started by my co-founders, uh, Sapnil and Venkatesh. You know they started developing this water from air solution in early 2017 and so um, and you know by uh, the year of 2018 they have developed something called conventional technology in the water from air landscape and luckily in 2018 water abundance X prize also had happened uh, and that motivated uh, you know participants around uh, uh, the uh, world. to come up with 100% renewable water ideas and uh, you know this is when sapnil contacted one of my professors at indian institute of science bangalore uh, that's where you know i come from so to talk about myself i did my masters and phd from indian institute of science bangalore i have mostly been working on coming up with new type of energy systems and water is nothing but you know an energy system in many many ways and eventually in october 2019 we incorporated you know th- this idea this project as a company uh, it was in and since then you know f- uh, four of us have been working very closely sapnil venkatesh uh, and fourth partner uh, with us is balaji and uh, you know first two first one and a half years were bootstrap we received uh, Uh, um grant money and uh, also uh, you know prize money from xprize uh, we were one of the top 5 runner ups and um uh, six months back we raised investment uh, um our lead investor there was special invest and we also had two sets of co investor one from japan and one from the us uh, and this is this is where we are today we have two 5 liter per day machines which generate renewable water and 120 liter per day in our office just just to give people a an idea of what you mean by renewable water in in layman terms can you just explain to us what you mean by that mhm sure hari that is actually a very good question so um what is renewable water um and why why is there need for the renewable water i'll go there but before that you know let's let's look at what is a conventional source of drinking water for most of us it's reverse osmosis today reverse osmosis is a good technology but the problem with this technology is that it wastes lot of water so for every 1 liter of good water that we produce one or two liters of water will get wasted depending upon what was the tedious level of the water to begin with but you know what happens is one there is wastage of water second is that this wastage of water generally goes to the ground water and it it is 
generally high TDS in nature because this wastewater is supposed to carry high TDS. And this high TDS water corrupts the groundwater further. So, you know, RO reverse osmosis, the default technology today, is not really sustainable in a longer run. Um, uh, you know, to give you the example, uh, recently NG, uh, National Green Tribune, NGT, came up with this mandate that, you know, um, uh, particularly in the NCR region, uh, uh, it was that, you know, wherever TDS of the water is below 500, let's not use reverse osmosis technology. So that is where, you know, we come into picture. We, when we entered the water space, we saw that, you know, um, the, the default technology is reverse osmosis today. And it is not really sustainable in nature. It is not able to produce renewable water uh, in any sense. So what we wanted to do was we wanted to come up with renewable water. There are two conditions for any water to be called 100% renewable water. One is that water should be sourced from an inexhaustible source of water. The second is that whatever energy goes in making that water from that inexhaustible source of water should also be renewable in nature. So when I say that, you know, water should be sourced from an inexhaustible source of water, what I mean uh, there is that uh, what, uh, whatever, you know, water comes, uh, whatever water is sourced, uh, there should be the inexhaustible source out there. When we look at different sources of water, air turns out to be the inexhaustible source of water. Air contains huge amount of water. Whatever water is there in our old rivers combined together, six times of that is there in our atmosphere in form of water vapor. So magnitude of water is huge there. The second is that the natural cycle of the water vapor is also pretty fast. Within eight to nine days, all water molecules are destined to hit the Earth's surface, uh, you know, uh, in form of snow, um, rain, or, you know, dew. dew. So oh, the one is that the magnitude of the water is huge in our atmosphere. The second is that the natural cycle of the water vapor uh, in the atmosphere with respect to atmosphere is also pretty fast. So air for all practical purposes can be treated as you know renewable source of water. Then the second is that whatever energy goes in making that water from air should also be renewable in nature. So there are many companies which can make water from air, but then they do not do that in an energy friendly manner. So that is where we come into picture. Uh, you know, we we do we we don't want to just make water from an inexhaustible source of water, but also make that water in a hundred percent renewable way. So when both the elements are combined together, these both elements are water should be sourced from an inexhaustible source of water, and the second is that whatever energy goes in making that water from that inexhaustible source of water should also be renewable in nature. When both the conditions are met, only then we refer to any water as 100% renewable water. All right. So just briefly to again uh, make sure that people know the technical terms that you're using, you mentioned TDS. Uh, what is that acronym about? Uh -huh. It's about total dissolved salts. Uh, so, you know, whenever we produce water using reverse osmosis, what happens is there would be one good, one stream of good water, which we drink. One stream of water will be there in which uh, the total, uh, the, the dissolved salts uh, you know, which were which are not there in our drinking water now will be rejected actually to the wastewater stream. So the wastewater stream carries more TDS, more total dissolved salts. And this is where, uh, you know, um, um, uh, the TDS is coming into it. All right. Explain the technology that you all have developed so far. Sure, Hari. So I'll start with, you know, uh, uh, what are the technologies today present in the water from air landscape. I'll start from there. So um, there are two types of technologies in the water from air landscape today. 
One is called air conditioning technology. The second is called desiccant technology. Uh, now, in the in the water from air landscape, there are about two hundred companies put together. Out of two hundred, one ninety five, one ninety six are actually focused on something called uh, you know air conditioning technology. Then there are tech companies in the desiccant space, but then to the best of our knowledge, only four of them are there in the world today, including us from Bangalore Urubu Labs. Uh, so you know, I, I'll speak about now air conditioning technology. Uh, air conditioning technology is the very common technology we all have experienced. You know uh, uh, this phenomenon in some or the other form in our lifetimes. Uh, how does this technology work? Is uh, you know you would have seen on our air conditioners water droplets start forming. Instead of letting those water droplets fall on the ground, somebody could be collecting those water droplets, and you know this is how the water is formed using uh, um, air conditioning technology. As we know that all our air conditioners are electricity hungry, so is this technology. Um, uh, you know this, which makes water from air. So though this technology can make water from air, but then it consumes heavy amount of electricity. If I could give you some numbers, uh, so about you know one unit of electricity, one kilowatt hour of electricity can produce about two to three liters of water at about fifty percent relative humidity. But if the relative humidity levels are below fifty percent, then the electricity consumption uh, on a per liter basis can be huge actually with this technology. So this is where you know one type of technology is there in the water from air landscape, which is scalable today. They can generate you know um, thousands of liters of water on a per day basis, but then they do that in essentially uh, a renowned renewable way. Uh, then you know uh, what the, there is a second type of technology, the desiccant technology. As I mentioned, to the best of our knowledge, there are only four companies today in the world operating in this space. The very first company which entered the space was, you know, um, it's named as Zero Mass Water from the U.S. Source Global. Uh, they recently changed their name to Source Global. Uh, this was the first company uh, in this space. They have raised investment from Breakthrough Ventures, BlackRock, uh, Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, uh, put together more than hundred million dollar. This is the only company out there which can supply hundred percent renewable water to the market today. But the problem with their concept is that they do that at a very high cost. They take about you know twenty to thirty rupees on a per liter basis to produce renewable water, hundred percent renewable water in cents, about you know thirty to thirty five US cents uh, on a per liter basis. So while they can produce this hundred percent renewable water, it is not really cost affordable. So that is where we come into picture. What we wanted to do was we wanted to bring the best of the both the worlds: the refrigeration technology, which is scalable today, but non-renewable in nature then the desiccant technology from zero mass water which is renewable but non-scalable and this is what we wanted to change we wanted to bring a technology in the market which is scalable uh, as well as renewable as uh, and hence it becomes cost affordable also uh, if i could you know talk about how do we make our solution cost affordable as i mentioned that you know zero mass water was the first company uh, in water from air landscape uh and what the product that they came up in the market with uh you know with was uh, uh 5 liter per day they have only one product in their company which is 5 liter per day now what happens in a 5 liter per day product it's a solar based system they use solar heat to produce water from air uh now there are two key components in the technology one is the solar thermal unit and the second is the desiccant unit which is going to harness water from air which is be which is used to you know uh, uh, uh extract water from air now these two units the solar thermal unit and the desiccant unit are physically attached to each other in case of zero mass water uh, approach now what happens is 
when we couple the two, uh, the size of the machine gets limited. For a five liter per day, only, already the machine size is three meters square. Uh, uh, this panel is of three meters square in area, in terms of area. So, you know, this becomes a really non-scalable system. Why do I say so? Let's say, you know, why can't they build 10 liter per day system? Let's say they want to build 10 liter per day system. What would happen is the panel size will become six meters square instead of now three meters square for a five meter per day system. So what would happen is six meter square panel size will make it non-transportable. That is why they limited themselves to five liter per day. Now, five liter per day panel is good. It can produce water in a renewable manner, but the, it's a very miniature system. And this miniature system is coming because of the coupled, coupled nature of the two uh, you know, key components in the technology, the second core and uh, the solar thermal unit. And what happens is, let's say, you know, as a customer, you want to produce 2000 liters of water every day. What they are going to do is they're going to supply you 400 of these panels, each panel producing five liters of water every day. Now, when they do so, what happens is all these panels are not communicating with each other. Which, with each other. There are going to be 400 desiccant units in the plant of 2000 liter per day system. There are going to be, uh, uh, you know, 400 volts, 400 uh, pump systems. So everything is unnecessarily repeated in a very duplicated manner, not in a scalable manner. So where this is where we come into picture. What we have done is we, what we, we, we have decoupled the two key components in the technology, the desiccant core and the solar thermal unit. When we decouple the two, no matter what the size of the machine is going to be, whether 5 liters per day or 20 liters per day or 50,000 liters per day, we are going to have a single desiccant core, a single pump system, a single solar thermal system array. So everything is going to be singular in nature. So what happens is as we scale up the size of our machine, let's say from 20 liters per day to 2000 liters per day, the cost associated with the electronics, with the pumps, the walls keeps coming down on a fractional basis, on a percentage basis. So when the cost associated with the balance of system starts coming down, the cost of the water also starts coming down you know, very naturally. So this is how we were able to incorporate the principles of economies of scale into our technology uh, uh, you know, to produce 100% renewable water, which was absent. These principles of economies of scale was not incorporated in the prior art till now, uh, including the system of zero mass water. So this is how uh, hurry we have tried to you know build this cost affordable technology which can produce not only uh, you know renewable water but we produce this re re renewable water in a very scalable manner all right walk us through the process and explain the role of each of these components that you mentioned the main components there's a solar thermal array, array that you mentioned a desiccant core and a pumping system sure hurry so you know uh, the technology is basically uh, you know based on something called desiccant framework the desiccants are materials which have the capacity to absorb water from air uh, the most common uh, desiccant that we all have seen in our lifetime is called silica gel whenever we buy a new thermal flask kind of a product we see a small pouch of you know small beads of 2 to 4 mm in size generally these beads are transparent in nature generally glass kind of you know, material, this silica gel has the property that, you know, when um, uh, 10 kgs of silica gel or when over 10 kgs of silica gel ambient air is passed for about three hours, this 10 kgs of silica gel will pick up about two kgs or two liters of water in these three hours. This process is called adsorption. During adsorption, water from air is captured by silica gel or the desiccant material on its surface or, you know, in its, uh, you know, um, um, 
um, uh, in the spaces between the molecules. So this is how the adsorption step works. And then what happens is, you know, we need to be doing the cycles of adsorption and desorption again and again. We need to be regenerating the silica gel or the desiccant material or any other desiccant material we are using. So what we do is to, to regenerate silica gel, we heat up silica gel at about 70 degrees Celsius using this heat from using the heat from solar thermal generator. When we do so during the desorption process, this 12 kg silica gel now, which which was originally 10 kgs of silica gel, and you know, um, and now additional two kgs of water is there in the silica gel. Uh, when we heat up silica gel to about 75 degrees Celsius, this two kgs of water, two liters of water, which was absorbed in last three hours, will now be dissolved in uh, will now be dissolved in form of water vapor uh, when we heat up the silica gel. And the, during this desorption, the water is the, that is released will be released in form of water vapor. This water vapor will be condensed, and the condensed water vapor water is nothing but you know renewable water because it is one it is coming from air, and the second during the desorption process, the heat is coming from a renewable source which is solar thermal solar thermal generator. Now these are the two key important uh, you know components: the solar thermal unit, which is going to supply heat during the desorption process. And the desiccant unit, which is active during both adsorption and desorption, uh, and it is capturing basically, you know, water from air, and it is upon heating, it releases that water vapor, uh, uh, you know, that that is there on its surface or in within within the substance. So this is how the technology works. We are not limited to silica gel. Silica gel is the most common desiccant material. We all have seen it, so it's very easy to explain the processes. But you know, there can be other desiccant materials also. For example. Calcium chloride, lithium chloride, lithium bromide. These these solutions, you know, the desiccants based on these solutions can also be, you know, uh, used to make very efficient machines and very affordable machines to produce water in a hundred percent renewable manner. You all, uh, I mean, all scientists, engineers, uh, you measure uh, progress on your prototypes and projects in terms of technology readiness levels, right? So, mm -hmm. on that scale. Uh, what is the current TRL level for your uh, product? Mm -hmm. So we, the physics is established for all uh, the sizes of machine, independent of the size of the machine. We understand that you know, with what uh, um, relative humidity we will be able to produce how much water. So uh, physics is fairly understood. The engineering around the physics is also understood. We have now two 5-liter-per-day machines in our office which are running fully and one 20-liter-per-day machine also. I would say, you know, we are somewhere on the cross-section of TRL 7 and 8, where we have integrated the system. We have integrated system ready, but, but you know, we are in the process of doing detailed testing, um, uh, checking the consistency level and trying to, you know, integrate our system, uh, desiccant system with other type of heat sources also. Hari, I should mention here one more thing, which is, you know, which makes us different from the prior art, uh, including zero mass water, that is, um, um, in the system, in uh, you remember, in I said earlier that in case of zero mass water, the solar thermal unit and the desiccant unit are coupled to each other physically. Now, what now? Uh, when we were developing our system, our technology, we had decoupled the two. The heat solar thermal unit was separate, and the desiccant unit was separate. Now, what we can do is now that the desiccant unit is separate, we could do is we 
could couple our desiccant core with other type of heat sources as well you know which are renewable in nature for example waste it there is lot of waste it in the industry uh, which is you know rejected about 60 70 degrees celsius and not put to really good use so now we could be putting that you heat into use uh, and producing 100% renewable water in a very compact manner also so this is one option waste it we could similarly use other renewable sources for heat for example but not limited to you know biomass uh um, as i mentioned waste heat and then you know solar electricity converted to uh, um uh, uh heat using a heat pump so what we want to do is we want to you know integrate our desiccant unit to other type of technology uh, other type of heat renewable heat sources also so when it comes to solar we are at uh, you know trl 7 or 8 cross section of the two uh, when it comes to uh, biomass we are at trl 7 um when it comes to waste heat we are at trl 8 or when it comes to uh, solar pv and then using heat pump and using that uh, you know heat uh, we are at trl 7 again fair enough i i guess uh, in, in layman's terms that would mean you are not too far from commercializing your product from this point onwards what are the next big important priorities or the next big hurdles that you need to overcome there are two priorities hurry uh, ahead of us one is that you know as i mentioned in the beginning that you know zero mass water system is really non scalable in nature when we try to make miniature systems the cost is bound to be high uh, what we are trying to do is we are trying to make a make a scalable technology so uh, for us right now we are at 5 liter per day plus 20 liter per day what we want to do is we want to move from quickly move from 20 liter per day to 200 liters per day and then from 200 liters per day to 2000 liter per day so we want we see ourselves achieving the scale within one year now from 20 liter per day to 2000 liter per day so 2000 liter per day is also important uh, for us in the sense that this will be the last technical milestone for the company um, in the sense that you know zero mass water stopped at 5 liters per day we are going to stop at 2000 liter per day at beyond 2000 liter per day the specific cost of water on a per liter basis does not really change even if we increase the size of the machine beyond 2000 liter per day so the cost is becoming plateau at about you know cost is plateauing at at about 2000 liter per day so we want to stop at about 2000 liter per day so if the customer wants to produce more water so we duplicate 2000 liter per day machines not 5 liter per day that is too small 2000 liter per day machine would be a good one so this is one on technical side this is one big step for us the second is you know building traction for the company we we identify that you know there could be you know three potential verticals for us one could be uh, the beverage space the the second could be the rooftop space uh, you know um, and the third could be the impact space now let, let's look at these three segments different you know separately if you look at beverage space today beverage space consumes lot of water about 1500 billion liters of water if i could put this number in a perspective then i would say that whatever water uh, human beings consume for their drinking purposes about 20% of that is floating around us in form of these beverage products whether in form of plain water bottle or uh, you know cold drinks soft drinks or juices or you know alcoholic products like beer or liquor as well so lot of water is there around us in form of beverage products and most of this water in these beverage products actually has been coming from ground water and we know that ground water is not renewable in nature so this is where we come into picture the the, the beverage industry needs scalable systems uh, scale uh, the, you know if 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 there is a renewable water concept 
it would be useful to beverage industry only if it is a scaled up system now that we have we are turning the renewable water concept into a scalable system is very much engineered system so you know beverage industry naturally becomes one of the potential sectors for us one of the target markets for us now when we look at the beverage industry um, you know um, not that it consumes a lot of water you know the cost of water in the beverage industry is actually nothing when compared to the cost of the end product let's take an example uh, we in indian context we have you know one liter bottles like bisleri kinle aquafina all these bottles by you know we know that all these bottles are available at about 20 rupees on a per liter basis to the end customer but the cost of water is actually just 20 paisa so 20 paisa versus 20 rupees the cost of water is just 1% of the total cost that the end customer sees which is 20 rupees in this case so what happens is if this 1% component which is the water gets expensive by you know 10 to 15 times so our cost of water will be around 3 rupees to uh, including our margins so, uh, for the beverage industry so what would happen is our the cost of the final product the 1 liter bottle will change from 20 rupees to 22 23 rupees on a per liter basis so you know what would happen is the premium associated with the renewable water can be passed to the end customer and when the, the what what is the amount of the what is the magnitude of this premium that the end customer would see it just 10 to 15% for most of the products and if the base value of the product is not 20 rupees but 60 rupees 60 rupees becoming 62 rupees there is a, you know single digit change in the premium in the cost of the product so Uh, th- what we see is that you know beverage industry is the one where the premium associated with the renewable water would be the least and beverage industry is also you know 2 trillion dollar industry and to our surprise in this 2 trillion dollar industry there has been no sustainable water option till today so this is one big target that we see that you know tar- target market for us uh um, um because of two three reasons one is that the industry is huge 2 trillion dollar and this industry hasn't seen any renewable water option till today and the second is that the premium associated with the renewable water will be very less in case of beverage products so this is the first market for us the priority market for us then there are two other markets also you know possible for us the, those two are rooftop market and impact market in the rooftop market what happens is you know we as i mentioned we could we we want to become a company which is going to be making the scaled up products in the steel scale products but also you know we could be making small products like 20 liter per day or 100 liter per day which could go on a rooftop just like we see solar pv on our rooftops today uh, producing electricity for us we could be seeing you know urvu products on our rooftops which will generate 100% renewable water on our rooftops so you know um um and this uh, a 20 liter per day product would cost about 2 lakh rupees about 2500 dollars and the levelized cost of water including capex and opex would be around 6 rupees on a per liter basis it's little expensive but then you know there are many buildings green buildings uh, projects coming up you know eco friendly buildings coming up um and we see we 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 see a lot of good traction with all these you know builders who want to come up with 100% renewable water options and another example would be you know all these fortune 500 companies today unicorns of the world today they have this deep desire to go 100% eco friendly by certain deadline 
For example, Microsoft wants to go renewable by 2030. Now, electricity turning electricity into a renewable commodity is the only thing you know these Fortune 500 companies in because of the world know today. But water is also you know one of the important uh, consumption uh, consumption for human beings, and it has it is it is also non-renewable in nature. And Urvu machines could help. You know, uh, convert uh, solve this problem. They didn't have any pro any solution for their water problems till today, and we could be supplying you know the, uh, these companies basically the renewable water machines and help them solve the water problem as well. Um, then the third sector for us could be the impact for uh, impact market. Now there are a uh, lot of people uh, which who do not have access to clean drinking water because of maybe two three reasons. Again, one is that the water may not be there at all. Or water quality is really bad, full of arsenic or you know many other pollutants. Now, uh, but you know, what happens? Air is av available everywhere. Now we could be producing water, uh, you know, using air as a source of water, uh, uh, you know, for these people as well. Uh, these projects have to be, you know, custom um, have have to be customized as per the customer requirement, as per the you know requirements of the community. Uh, if we were to do, let's say, you know, a school project or a, a health center project. The size of the machine can be customized, and we can bring down the cost significantly. And you know, zero mass water has been doing these kinds of projects very heavily, and they have built good traction for themselves uh, in the impact space uh, with the help of international organizations like you know, um, uh, World Bank, uh, WHO, uh, Asian Development ba uh, Bank, Gates Foundation. And we think that you know the subsidy that is associated for these international organizations with zero mass water product is huge. Now that Urvu system is more scalable, the cost is significantly less. The subsidy that these international organizations will see associated with Urvu water will be way lower, and to create the same kind of impact. So these could be Hari three broader markets for us: the beverage market, the rooftop market, the impact market. The priority is the beverage market, uh, um, but you know uh, these two other markets also: the rooftop market and. Uh, the impact market. We want to test waters. We already have, you know, two orders in the rooftop space. Uh, uh, one from Mittal Builders uh, from Mumbai and one from Nova Zymes, a biopharmaceutical company. And in the beverage space, we have an order from, you know, um, a giant beer maker called ABN Bev, Budweiser, Corona. Uh, these kinds of brands are from them. All right. W one quick uh, uh, clarification. I meant to ask earlier: the silica or any desiccant that you core that you use, does it? absorb water naturally from the air around it or do you pump air into it and if there is a pumping mechanism the energy for that pumping mechanism is also renewable is it yes sir so this is again an interesting question thank you for asking so yes we have to actually forcefully uh, you know circulate the air through desiccant system so we use something called forced circulation and uh, uh, to do so we use basically fans axial fans uh, to you know uh, uh, pump air across the desiccant system the energy associated with these fans to you know uh, facilitate uh, crossing of air uh, you know is not significantly higher so it's about you know 20 watt hours to produce 1 liter of water so with one unit of electricity with 1 kilowatt hour of electricity we can produce about you know 40 to 50 liters of water so this is not huge one the second is that we have turned this into also renewable with the in the sense that you know we use a very small pv array uh, to supply Uh, the electricity uh, to these fans actually so everything is going to be renewable in our concept uh, uh, whether the the heat the energy is going to be consumed in form of heat or electricity whether that is lower in magnitude uh, even if it is lower in magnitude 
And the six rupees that you mentioned is on some kind of a total cost of ownership basis, is it? Uh huh. So six rupees per liter. When I say it is when the system size is about twenty liters per day, a rooftop product. When we go towards two hundred liter per day, little commercial system. Uh, you know, um, uh, good for offices, complexes, buildings, apartment buildings. These systems will produce water at about four rupees per liter. And then when we hit about two thousand liters per day. Uh, or beyond the cost of water becomes about you know 3 rupees per liter this is all including our margin uh, of about you know 40% the and this cost when i say that the cost of water is 3 rupees on a per liter basis including our margin um, when the scale is 2000 liter per day the, this includes the capex as well as opex so we monetize you know um, uh, all all these cost components and bring everything Uh, bring the cost of the system to t is equal to zero times t is equal to zero, and that way you know we are able to calculate the cost of water. So this is basically you know including everything capex as well as opex. On the business model front, uh, what are the models that you all have considered? Are you now looking at selling the renewable water machines directly and installing and deploying them, maintaining them, or are you also looking at? Uh, Uh, some kind of a subscription model you know by metering the water that's generated and used and so on sure fairy so we are actually looking for both the options what we find is that there is lot of interest for renewable water but you know for uh, they, they and in the beverage space there are all kinds of players you know there are small players there are big players in terms of volume of water they consume on a daily basis so for example you know craft breweries in bangalore they may not have rooftop space uh, to put our machines Uh, so what we can do for them is you know we could be supplying water on a service basis we could be producing water at our end and you know transporting that water uh, in an in an efficient way to these breweries so this could be you know like water as a service model the, but we also see that you know big breweries like abn bev or big beverage customers uh, coca colas or the pepsis of the world they they have the you know deep pockets and they have all uh, you know financial tools with them to purchase these machines uh, which produce renewable water so what we see is that you know to these big players will be selling the machines and these players will be you know producing water using our machines renewable water they will be packaging this renewable water and then launching this water in the market uh, you know um 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 uh, 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 with using the logo that it is 100% renewable water in terms of developing your product further what are the next big steps uh, that will bring you really close to commercialization and that will bring you to commercialization Mm-hmm. Sure, very. So you know, we 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 today have three machines in our office: two five liter per day, one twenty liter per day. We're quickly moving towards hundred liter per day machine as well. That is one thing. The second would be, you know, we also want to do external deployments. We have three prepaid pilot orders as of now, and we are there are about you know ten big customers in our pipeline, and the conversations are really positive. So what we look forward to in next quarter or two is deploying. uh we will be starting starting with 5 liter per day machines and eventually go towards 20 liter per day machines deployed uh so this will be you know the big tech, big step for us in terms of building the traction for the company with both beverage as well as uh you know um, uh, rooftop uh, players builders uh, and these companies uh, you know uh, fortune 500 companies and unicorns of the world one question that i'm just curious about uh, mm-hmm. i don't know if that makes sense from your perspective but at some point do you think your technology would be portable enough and easy enough to make for uh, consumer use 
Sure, Hari. So what we are focused today is, you know, we or we not only we want to make hundred percent renewable water, but we also want to be able to do that in an energy agnostic way. What I mean by that is, we are not just limited to solar, but we are also limited to, you know, we 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 also want to go towards, uh, you know, other heat sources. For example, waste heat, biomass, uh, and electricity-based renewable electricity-based machines. So in the consumer space, we see that you know, in the residential space, particularly, we see that, uh, you know, we could be uh, supply. flying machines which could be run on renewable electricity uh, we we see that you know future we see a future where the world is you know going to be electric uh, future is electric after all uh, and then you know the, the electricity that all households eventually will start getting all the customers all the consumers will start getting will be elect, you know renewable electricity now this renewable electricity can be powering our machines in a very compact way and it will become really consumer friendly also in many many ways any point that uh, you think that i have not asked you about or that i did not know about which you want to highlight sure so uh, you know we also see hari that you know uh, government agencies working towards renewable water concept so recently uh, you know uh, about one year back uh, prime minister modi uh, uh, you know uh, made a remark that you know uh, water from air to be made 100% renewable and pmo has picked up this topic uh, uh, and you know they are working in the background to make water from uh, air uh, you know renewable not from the technology point of view but they are analyzing you know which companies can do it which companies uh, can't do it and um, uh, what we hear is that you know the government is actually looking forward towards the supporting new type of renewable energies because they have already supported wind they have already supported solar pv they have already supported solar thermal water heaters systems now you know these systems have also achieved cost parity in many many ways at least at scalable at at scale uh, so what the government is looking forward to is now you know to support new technologies new renewable technologies and we hear that renewable water technology could be one in a big bigger way okay excellent really interesting conversation pardeep man definitely learned a lot about your work thank you again for making time for this more power to all of you and definitely hope to keep the conversation going thanks thanks sir for having me and you know you had asked really interesting questions and uh, i'm really honored to be on this podcast today that was pardeep garg that's it for this conversation you can find all our podcasts at forbesindia.com and on your favorite podcast apps i'm hari arakli thank you for listening